welcome to the delegation of dreamers. Yeah, definitely not my usual first interaction with a dragon. And may I ask what was? Oh, boy, that was several decades ago. Uh, sword through the neck. That was the first interaction. Uh, well, that sounds pleasant. <laughs> if you say so. Sorry, did the dragon stab you with a sword, or did you stab the dragon? Oh, no, no, that was me stabbing the dragon. I've never seen a dragon wield a sword, at least not in dragon form, at least. We've got a live one, boys. Alright, welcome. I believe your name is Ironwall, correct? You're a Warforge. That is correct, yes. You are a tall one, I'll tell you that right now. You have to be when you are a defense. What do you mean that you're a defense? That's what I was built for. My whole life has been built to protect others, those weaker than me. And how do you go about doing that? Were you enlisted for it? Was it your job, or...? I was built for the very purpose. My name, full name at least, is Ironwall Ferrosmith Malza. I took the name of the woman who created me. At least the last name. Crafty gnome she was. Can you tell us a bit about her? Why did she make you... Oh, she was, well, she was enlisted by the military. One of the best damn artificers in all of, all the land. Save for my son, of course. But she, well, she was enlisted. She was told, hey, you are talented. And we've seen some of your golems that are incredibly powerful. We need you to make us a set of warforged for our military purposes. So she made me and all of my cousins. Can I ask... Was your country at war or something? Why did they require all of these? Were they fighting for territory or? There has been very few times when Shelzoth and Milano have not been at war. Shelzoth would be a very expansionist sort of country towards the south of my personal homeland, which is Milano. We have had our differences throughout the years, but after spending enough time in the pit, which is actually ran in the uh, southern country, but on the border of a different country than Shelzoth, they're very aggressive towards each other. Uh, Shelzoth would be a expansionist mono-deity culture, whereas Milano is a very agricultural and militaristic multi-deity culture. So right off the bat, there's far more clashing than anyone should really be happy with. Did you and the other Warforged manage to um, change the tide of the war? Unfortunately, no. Or at least I didn't. I don't believe I ever actually heard the result of the war, and who knows, it may have just been cold to a stalemate, as it always seems to be. But I was... betrayed... At the turn of the battle, the bridge I was holding collapsed underneath of my very feet. And it was turned into a complete and total rout. Very few members of my troop survived, and the few that did blamed me. Who was it that betrayed you? One of my commanding officers, even. When I finally chased him down and got an answer from him, I found out that he had received a very healthy sum of cash from the opposing army in order to allow them to collapse the bridge underneath of us. 
and somehow you got blamed for this. The word of an experimental piece of technology versus a battle-hardened officer? I don't think anyone has to work very hard to find out the math on that one. Now, you mentioned the pit. What is that exactly? The largest prison complex in all the world. A supermassive maximum security prison. The second you step in, they enchant you with a very powerful arcane ward that, well, first off it, if you uh, were to violate certain rules of the prison or be possessed beyond uh, recovery, it would first detonate, killing you instantly, and then the residual magic in the air burns away the soul. That is violent. How often were the rules violated? There was generally one with every new batch. And we didn't receive new batches very often, mind you. Once every six, seven months or so, some idiot would think he could get away, and as soon as he got to the top of the walls, pop. I'm guessing that most of these weren't from the army. No, no, it's, it's any number of rabble who think that they can get away with something. Murderers, thieves, anyone from uh, rival tribes that have been captured. The most common, or more so interesting one, I should say, one lady who, I believe she was a bard of some sort, very talented, but she was in for, according to the Minotaur who checked us in, the longest list of crimes that the pit has ever seen, but none of them were major. It was all petty stuff. Still enough to rack up an impressive bounty on its own, just due to sheer volume. Can you give us some examples of these crimes? Ones that would rack up the higher bounties. If you would like to know my personal record, I was hit with several accounts of military negligence, large sum of funds that were lost due to just the training and manpower lost when I went down, the Arms, armor, the supposed loss of territory, and a large grain-producing center. I was charged with it all, and my bounty came out to 25 million gold that I had to pay off. That's a large sum of money. How'd you go about paying it off? <laughs> I had a little help. There was a number of good ways to earn money in the pit beyond just destroying monsters. That was fine and all for retrieving materials, but when you get into the more gladiatorial side, that's where the funds are. So everyone in the pit was working on trying to pay off their debts to get out? For the most part, yes. There are a handful, for instance, James, who, uh, he was a human elder man, a monk, who if I remember correctly, he didn't have a debt to start with. He just showed up at the prison one day and said, I'd like to be admitted. This is the next hill I must climb. And he just stayed in the pit and fought for a living for quite a while. Seems like the adventurous sort. <laughs> I'd say so. And while I never really partook, I was told that man could make some very powerful alcohol. Mm. Is he a drunken master, by chance? Oh, very much so. One of the best. So you are a working as a gladiator? Mm-hmm. Correct. What's the strongest enemy you've had to fight? It was me, 
My wife and Amelia, she was a cleric, uh, who fought and killed a red dragon, an older one. Not, not ancient, but it was an adult, and it was a very challenging fight. Hmm. As far as the gladiatorial side of the prison, well... That award goes to Mazgal. That son of a... Sorry, language. That lovely gentleman was a fighter paralleling my own strength. But he did not receive it through sheer practice or magical items. He had a cursed benefactor who gave him mighty artifacts in exchange for complete servitude. Back when I was first in the pit, I insulted him a few too many times, and his willingness to throw away his own free will for the sake of more power. He proceeded to thrash me in the arena a few times, but after a certain point I started just getting stronger and stronger, and we were trading equal blows for a very long time after that. But by the time I paid off my debt, I was well beyond his capabilities, and Never really partook in the arena much beyond that. I took on a more administrative role. Yes, what do you mean by taking on a more administrative role? The prison had been split up into separate blocks for each set of new recruits who came in. And the blocks would then be managed by a set of three block masters, they were called. A combat master, a magic master, and a equipment master. Uh, I was the combat master for my block after a while, meaning that if a dispute needed settled or if some idiots in my block were in a brawl, I either broke it up or I taught them how to take on a few more challenging foes in the arena. So I took a step back from just fighting and instead trained new recruits to be a bit better at the general things to do around the pits. So you were a coach? Sort of, yes. Between that and gladiatorial, was there any other thing that you did in order to make money? Because even with doing those two items, I still assume it would take a while for you to basically rack up the money you would need to pay off your bounty. You're not wrong. Truth be told, I was a bit of a bouncer at a local establishment that's kind of popped up in the pit. A very hole-in-the-wall sort of bar that is ran by a group of more savory individuals who learn to look out for each other, I'll say. Now, I'm assuming these uh, savory individuals weren't exactly on the, uh, I'm going to assume they're not on the up-and-up. Up. <laughs> no one in that pit was on the up-and-up up for very long. But no, they were a special type of dirty deed-doers. They pretty much ran the pit. That's why no one questioned it when a bar opened up in the middle of a supermassive prison complex. Safe to say, when you work for them, you can rack up cash relatively quickly. Did you manage to get any friends or allies in the pits? Oh, certainly. Uh, the first one, and ironically her and the other one who've been by my side the longest, were in the same original batch of uh, prisoners as me. My dear wife, Azazi, she is a beautiful dragonborn, 
technically white, albeit her hue is closer to that of a blue dragonborn, simply by virtue of her having lizardborn heritage as well. Uh, and then Amelia, a human cleric. Very powerful fighters, both of them. Uh, Zazi was a barbarian, though she did eventually receive training from the magic master of our block. She was a bard. Very powerful woman as well. But I've had a great many number of allies throughout my years. You and your wife, how did you fall for each other? It was a bit of a virtue of just shared time together. Helped each other cope with the fact that we were in a supermassive prison. She taught me how to embroider, and I taught her how to emblazon on armor. After a while, we eventually uh, wound up falling in love over it. And it wasn't until the combat master of my block got executed for mistake he made that uh, I wound up having to protect her from flying into a rage and getting her own head blown off by trying to interrupt the execution. Were you in the pit when you got married, or did you wait until both of you left? We were in the pit, yes. We uh, were married by, ironically, by Emelina, our uh, dear friend. Seeing as she is a cleric, she had all the legal rights to hold that ceremony, so we were married in the prison, and we, well, were very happy with it. Due to both of our place in the family, we were a bit more lenient with what we could demand, and we received a larger prison cell that accommodated both of us at once. Oh, I still shudder thinking about the entry-level prisons. They were six feet tall. I had to sleep sitting down, or, well, go into mains, sitting down, at least. Warforged don't sleep, after all. <laughs> Did you eventually manage to escape the pit? Oh, certainly, I paid off my debts. There was a very kind set of donors after seeing one of my particularly nasty fights with uh, Mazgal, who paid off a majority of my debts on the condition that I keep my place in the family after I left the prison. It seems that they had uh, wanted to expand their operation. Now, the family, what kind, of, what kind of things did they have you do? Given my natural uh, tendency towards being an unstoppable force of nature with a sword, I was their enforcer. If you had a debt you hadn't paid and it had come due, they sent me. If there was someone who was attempting to disrupt one of our operations, they sent me. It was a very lucrative deal, and I'd received quite a fair number of artifacts off of idiots who thought they could take me. Any artifact in particular you're proud of? There was a young girl. I don't remember her name. It was so long ago. She was a very powerful fire mage, but she had stagnated. On one of my first days, we were thrust into a absolutely one-sided battle. We had very little to no hope of winning at all. On one of the first days, she melted me into a puddle of slag. Uh, keep in mind, the pit paid for all resurrection costs and just added the cost to the bounty. One day, she got a bit too uh, curious about the operations that the family were doing and tried to infiltrate one of our warehouses. I was sent on sight, seeing as they had her and their eyes already, and I quickly subdued her. Along the way, I stole from her pockets a very interesting artifact that I personally loved using. 
It was a necklace of fireballs. I'm not sure if you've ever dealt with those yourself, but it's a string of beads that sits around your neck, and you can pull one of the beads off and throw it. And it casts the equivalent of fireball spell. Now, hers, seeing as she was very talented, was actually special. It was regenerating, provided that you uh, would have the arcane knowledge to recharge it. I personally didn't, but my wife, after she had become a bit more powerful in the arcane arts as a bard, was. And she was very efficient. That sounds handy. The other, and unfortunately this one eventually got surrendered to the family until I had left the prison, uh, was a Vorpal Blade, which is a very nasty enchantment on a uh, longsword that I had. You know that perfect strike, that one-in-a-million shot where you just cleave something right apart? If you were to get just right on the swing, it would just seem to move with its own grace and take the head off of whatever you were fighting. I then proceeded to get into an uh, altercation with the combat master of another block at one point. Uh, this was back when I was still relatively young in the family. It didn't go well at first. She was a very, very powerful arcane caster and had us trapped up against the ceiling. But thanks to uh, my strength, I was able to break free of the stone shackles that she had thrown on us. And I proceeded to get just that perfect swing and took her head off. She was a pixie, so it was very hard to do. Since then, I had been taken a bit more seriously in the arena, and that was where the real turning point was for me. How would you define your overall aesthetic? A good warrior must be ready for battle at all times. As you can see, I am quite bulky, fitted with armor plates that have actually been long since replaced with adamantium. And it's handy when you're a combat expert to be so bulky. After all, I'm a seven-foot behemoth, silvered armor all across my body, and it's somewhat of a challenge between maintaining my arms and armor, all the polishing I have to do, but I've gotten good enough that I can set aside about an hour every night, and or morning, depending on what all I have planned for the day, and I can look very shiny. My wife always jokes that I have a mere shine whenever she needs to mess with her hair at all. You're saying you, you take an hour per day to polish your armor? Just about, yes. After all, when you're a warforged and don't need anywhere near as much downtime as other races, well, you tend to have a lot of time. So you can take your armor off? I thought warforged were connected to the armor that they wear. That's true of the newer models, where it's just a part of them, but I'm an older model. We are mostly made out of wood, granted I do have some permanent metal plates. I actually sort of meld around the armor I wear. So it is easy enough for me to take it off and maintain it as I need. You talked about your children a little bit ago. Can you tell us about them? How many do you have? And I'm assuming it'd be a bit difficult for you and your wife to copulate. <laughs> Long story short, there was some expensive equipment purchased through the uh, black market that her and I required to uh, procreate, as it were. But we have two biological children and one Warforged child as well. Kabados and Kethind are the younger set. They're twins. Kabados is a Warforged, very intelligent uh, young child. He's seeming to be taking the art of an artificer after his grandmother, Lady Malza herself. 
Whereas Kethend is a blue dragonborn who has taken after my love of a smithy and will hopefully take over my own forge one day. Very talented iron worker he is. Persephone, oh, she is my beautiful daughter. A young white dragonborn after my own heart. And she is... Well, she's following in sort of the footsteps of Emelina, her sort of pseudo-aunt, and has uh, taken to a religious life, though more to a martial note than Emelina ever was. She's going the towards the path of a paladin. Kethand uh, and Kebados, like I said, they're twins. Uh, they've both been around for a lot, but Kebados has actually started journeying out to try and find magical artifacts. He's actually a mute. He didn't have a voice box. We weren't able to retrieve one when we were building him, so he learns to communicate through signs and written script instead. Though I'm sure one day, with his arcane prowess, he'll be able to fashion himself a voice box. Did you have these children while you were in the pit, or did you wait to do so once you were able to get out? We had Persephone and Kethand and Kebados all while we were in the pit, yes. Uh, Kebados, we actually had to smuggle in a very large number of parts, whereas Persephone and Kethand, we only had those after I had already become a combat master, and you do not enter a combat master's private quarters, as it were. No one was quite dumb enough to try and hurt the soon-to-be-born children of both a combat master and another block's combat master, who is also a member of the family. And to this day, do you still have ties with the family? <laughs> Perhaps. Going to mark down maybe. Is there any conspiracy theories or conspiracies that you have an investment in? In the world now, there are, yes. Persephone, who is going into the service of uh, the various gods of conquest, she is bound to run into some of the same truths that I have throughout life, which is, ironically, the whole war between Shelzoth and Milano. The wars are actually a complete fabrication. Not the fighting themselves, but the reasons for the war. Due solely to the fact that the god of the monotheistic culture of Shelzoth, the southern country, is the god of trickery of the northern country. I have met him personally. He is a bastard. So I'm going to assume that meeting didn't go well. I may have tried to take a swing at him, and he proceeded to teleport me to the bottom of the ocean. A long time to walk back to land. I'm heavy, I don't float. From my understanding, most Warforged don't float. There are a handful that do. And you said you've met a god. Would you agree that gods are sometimes a finicky sort? Sometimes is an understatement. They are almost always of the finicky sort. I've actually met two, one of whom was a uh, punished god, one would say. Uh, he was a sudden and health deity who had actually been thrown into the prison by his father as a punishment for getting around with the ladies too much. Living the life of a bard, I see. Indeed. So tell me, what happened after you left the pit, once you were able to pay off your or bounty? Well, a great many things have happened in my life. Not the least of which is finally tracking down that damn bastard who put me in this area. Let's say we resolved our differences at the end of a blade. 
But once I dealt with that, well, it was mostly down to traveling with my wife and children and enjoying the copious amounts of gold I could throw towards whatever I wanted. More recently, I've just sort of opened up a small forge, Malza Arms, as an honor to my mother, the arcanist who made me. She was never able to see my forge, but it was an honor to name it after her nonetheless. If I may ask, how did she pass away? She was watching to see how her newest batch would hold up. Unfortunately, she was either captured or killed in the action, and I don't know which. I've never been able to track her down. However, one day, I shall go up to the forges in the sky, and I'm sure I will meet her there. I'm sure one day you will. A war forged running a small forge. I feel like that's the beginning of a poem. <laughs> I was never much for words, but I bet you would be correct. Yeah, that started off as me having to maintain my own arms and armor in the pit, so eventually it just blossomed out into, well, I might as well make money off of it, seeing as that is my specialty. Making money and maintaining my arms. I like money. So you say you traveled after you left the pit. Can you tell me a bit of the locations that you went to, or maybe one of your favorite locations that you've been to? Oh, I've been all across this world. From the dwarven nation of Johasia to the elven lands of Keltha, to the wild pirate fleets of the United Fortuna Isles. But my favorite place to this day is the sun-bleached beaches of Della, a desert country with a very large oasis far in the southeast. It was a very pleasant area, and that's where my wife's mother retired after she had been paid off her debts by my wife and I's pit money as well. All right. I believe that's all the time we have for tonight, but thank you for joining us today. Thank you for not making me do much exercise. I was rather tired today. And you have a pleasant finishing your maintenance. Or let's go with awakening. You as well. And we will see you all next time. Mm -hmm.